0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mint Condition. This is the 2023 New Year's Wrap-Up Edition, and I am joined by a huge panel of guests. But of course, I am joined with, by Joe. Hey, folks, how you doing? And Chris. Hey, y'all. And our guests. So they are returning from last year's Wrap-Up Edition. Our first guest is a pop culture expert and the keeper of our Arrowverse information. Adrian Garifalo is with us today. (laughs) Hello. Uh, And also joining us in the mint condition community, he is the curator of the Flash Museum (laughs) and Superman's best friend, Keith Tarnowski, is here as well.
1: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Happy holidays.
0: And he's joining us taking a brief stint from teaching at the Xavier Institute, our excellent X-Men expert, And also Spider-Man's best friend, Arco Esposito, is here with us today.
2: Thank you very much. Good seeing you all.
0: So um, if you've listened to this podcast last year, at the end of the year, we like to wrap up our favorite things from 2023, in this case, at the end of the year. Uh, Everything we talk about doesn't necessarily have to be something that came out in 2023. It could be something that we personally discovered this year, but uh, we'll see what our different guests have to offer us today as we wrap up this year. So... Chris, I'm going to start with you because you wanted to be here last year for this episode. <laughs> you,
1: sure. <laughs> unfortunately,
0: did not were not able to join us, so you get to kick us off with our an audience. Just because we have such a huge panel and we don't have as much time last year uh, as last year, where you were doing our top three. If we have time, we'll do more. But Chris, you get to kick off our your top three of 2023.
3: Cool. Well, thank you. Uh... So I have decided to overachieve this year, and all three of these things did come out in 2023. So that's that's the the ceiling of my overachievement. Everything else is going to be crap. Um, <laughs> so for me, uh, my number three for this year was a game. It's a minis game. It's called Star Wars Shatterpoint. And basically, it was an attempt at making a, um, a skirmish game with Star Wars miniatures. And it's, it's a cool system. It's interesting. The game can move pretty quickly. Um, It does a really good job. I think it's it's sort of based on the Clone Wars cartoons where like the battle could really like turn uh, the tide could turn with the appearance of just one character. Like if Mace Windu shows up with a couple of clones, all of a sudden the tide is turned and um, the game really like works with that. So you don't have an entire army. You just have a couple of teams of operatives. Usually you have like anywhere from seven to eight minis on the table and that's it. But it's but it's really cool. It's it's slick. The minis are a lot of fun to paint. Not as much fun to put together. But um, even the people who don't necessarily like the game are like, you know what? They did something different, and I dig that. Um, they didn't just take a popular minis game and say, "Hey, let's let's do that," but Star Wars. So um, that's my number three is uh, Shatterpoint.
0: Very nice, Chris. And that if uh, you play tournaments with that, or you just play for that for fun.
3: So it's so it's new. Uh, they will be doing tournaments. Um, they do like casual tournaments, but I'm I'm hoping right now. I'm still hopelessly crap because I haven't had as much time to play I've been spending way more time like painting and collecting so it's great to spend money and then not play with the minis but that's okay we wouldn't know anything about that in mint condition where we spend money on things and then more than we could possibly use um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping I will be able to play more as I rebalance my life over here sounds good excellent grid pick
0: uh Keith I'll throw it over to you
1: um well i'm gonna go with my number one first um that's okay oh fucking the trend <laughs> go for it <laughs> well i'm trying i want to get out of the way too because um my number one is very predictable <laughs> but i swear the rest of mine really isn't the rest is going to be a little like more all over the place but i can't help it my number one is uh the flash number 800 i don't know how i how it could be anything else basically you have five writers on this book three of them being that you know, probably the top flash writers of all time, arguably Mark Wade, Jeremy Adams, Jeff Johns. It was all in there. Uh, I think Adams had the best story. Just a lighthearted take on Wally West. The you know, don't come the Central City story. I'm not sure if you've all read it. It was uh, kind of a, a take on an old Batman animated series uh, episode. It was very, very good. I love that story. Of course, Mark Wade on Impulse with Max Mercury and Wally, the Man in the Mirror, the Max in the Mirror. It was great. And Jeff Johns doing a, a Hunter Zolomon Zoom story. I, I like literally, I, I couldn't be happier. Um, it's a fantastic book, great art, Scott Collins, you know, Todd Nuck and uh, Fernando Passerin. Uh There's great stuff. And even the stories by uh, Joshua Williamson and uh, Cy Spurrier were good too. They just weren't my favorite. Um, so that's hand, hands down my, my, uh, my favorite uh, thing of, uh, of 2023. And it was very predictable. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was, uh, it was on my honorable mentions list. <laughs> <laughs> on and also,
1: free, a little uh, the the Michael Cho variant cover was gorgeous. It looks like um, uh, what's what's his name uh, uh, the new, um, new DC and New Frontier uh, Darwin Cook. It looks Darwin like Co- very yeah. reminiscent of his art.
0: Mm-hmm. Very nice. That's great, Keith. Yeah. I have to. I have not read that issue yet. I'm waiting for the trade. Shout out to Steve Perrell. Um.
2: (laughs) can can i just say that uh you know listening to you guys uh through the last few years and you guys talking about the new books and everything it's it it does make me uh a little envious that you all have uh kept up with it to to whatever degree uh through the years Uh, i mean i've been out of it for probably close to 16 years now and how much and i know of, of all the big stories both in DC and Marvel that have happened I just never put them together I've I've never even collected and I should get you know most of them are in trade paperback now in some way or another you can get them all together and I haven't done it and I I just feel it's great that you guys have kept up and that you enjoy it as much as you have because you're all have been fairly positive over the last few years of, of doing this, of, of uh, The Flash, especially a, a lot of DC. You guys are in a, into a lot of DC that I was never into, but it, it does make me long for the years of those those Wednesdays of, of uh, the, the, the new stories coming out and the new books. And, um, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why I do listen to you guys, because you do bring that nostalgia back. I don't know if I've either outgrown it or actually, it's not my fault. It's the fact that I think the stories, you know, didn't keep up the way that they uh, they were when I was younger. Personally, so I, I blame Marvel.
1: Well, <laughs> well, I'll tell you honestly, uh, Arco. I took uh, I was a huge DC fan. You can ask Joe I was spending an embarrassing amount of money every week <laughs> on comics forever since '86 to you know 2013 and uh, or no, I'm sorry, like 15, and uh, I stopped pretty much on everything for until 2021. Occasionally I would dip in, be thoroughly disappointed. And then, you know, they brought guys like Jeff Johns and Mark Wade back and new guys like Jeremy Adams in it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, This is the most I've bought in years. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy again with DC for the most part.
2: That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's that's great.
4: There there are, there are good things out there. I've got a
1: similar
3: experience to you guys too, because I didn't, I stopped reading comics once I, know two years into college that would have been what 2004 but i kind of stopped reading comics because there was a comic shop and there was a cool guy who ran it but it wasn't the mint group and so i just didn't have the people to talk to so i just stopped reading and then i would dip my toe in every now and then like you guys were both saying and i just didn't do it for me it wasn't until doing the podcast that i was like okay i'll start reading some of this stuff again and then having your different recommendations both present and past um, has been huge for me because like, you know, I listened to an episode, you know, Arco, you talking about the X-Men and your favorite X-Men stories? Great. I'm going into Hoopla and I'm going back and I'm like, I've never, I've never read this. So now I am. And there's no way you're going to find me in a comic book store looking for new issues of DC stuff, except I've got Keith and Joe talking about how great Flash is. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, and I know when it's coming out. So great. I know to like, I know to look for it. And then even, you know, Adrian, uh, you and Jack with Legion of Superheroes, uh, I was going back and, and reading and reading Legion. Um, so it's, it's, this has been a, a good experience for me in like doing some cherry picking but also getting back into it. So I, I echo both of you.
0: And it's a good time for our non-sponsor-sponsor, Hoopla. Yes, Hoopla. <laughs> Who, if it wasn't for Hoopla, I probably would not have gotten back into reading because trade paperbacks cost a lot of money.
2: Too. They sure do. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> so uh, thank God. And also thank God they put new stuff and old stuff so I can read the old stories and I can try to keep up with the new stuff too. And, and anything that they don't have is something I will pick up, but they pretty much get at least the stuff that you guys talk about. So right. uh, I'm happy about. So there's our New Year's plug for our non-sponsor-sponsor, Hoopla. <laughs> um adrian i'll throw it to you you can start with one you can start with three okay. you can start with i two.
5: i don't have a particular order um but you know let's just get this out of the way as the token girl here today i'm gonna say barbie <laughs> okay. the barbie Great. movie that was, was yeah. hilarious uh and it was one of the best movie going experiences i had this year because i i've i've said this to a few i haven't said it on here but when i had gone to the movies everyone was laughing together but then it was like everyone in the theater had their their moment of like an extra loud laughter so so it was like everyone's laughing together and and you know, like there would be a joke and everyone would laugh but there would be like one guy over there extra loud and then the next time there was joke everyone's laughing together and there's one kid over there that's extra loud and it was every one of us had our extra loud moment and that just made it a lot of fun
0: <laughs> yeah, Barbie was a good movie. It was it was really good. I, when Karen, and I finally got to see it. It was it was as good as said it was. <laughs> yeah, wacky, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. And but I,
3: I echo what you said, Adrian. Good movie, but like great movie going experience. Like easily my best movie going
2: experience since Dark Knight. Wow, that's wow. so wow. Wow, that's that's a, good. That's a bold statement, Chris. But it's a bold statement. <laughs> hey, hey, it's just it's my own personal experience. are <laughs> a lot of movies okay. I
1: didn't
3: get to see in theaters. Uh, but that was that was a really fun one for me, I think, because some of it
1: was that I it was just unexpected for me.
4: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was uh, excellent. It was such a funny, I saw it twice in the theater. I loved it. I um, I knew it would be funny, but I didn't think I'd laugh that hard. And Adrian, I agree with you there. I think there were definitely moments for certain people. For me personally, the the like cliche stuff in like the Ken's house at the end, I felt personally attacked about me like 15 years ago. I saw like, like the awful black leather couch and some other stuff. I'm like I, w- I wasn't that extreme but I was like oh yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> it was such a fun movie and I love Ryan Gosling. He was he, he's such That's a hilarious. He's got a really good sense of humor.
5: <laughs> and the the like the costumes that they were like especially at the beginning where like showed a whole bunch of them lined up like they actually Like there were a few that I remember that one. Like the specific male (laughs) looks on a lot of them also. So that was, uh, that was very funny. And I loved how they, the way they moved around in Barbie land, like, like when she went from the top floor down to the bottom floor, like it looked like, like, like how it would look if there wasn't a, you know, like, without the hand moving but they she moved like a hand lifting it from the top and the part where she she's depressed and she sits down and her legs are sticking out front and she just tips over because <laughs> that's what happens with barbies you oh, cannot God. sit them down they will fall over like that like she, <laughs> so that it, it,
1: it really works on a lot of many levels it's yes. really good
0: yeah that's a solid pick excellent adrian uh arco let's throw it to you whatever order you want to go in
2: (laughs) okay well seeing as how i have two big ones that i want to talk of uh, one is going to be positive experience and the rest of it uh, probably not so much so but whatever so uh one thing that you guys may not know about james may know that i am a huge godzilla fan okay and the fact that the this new movie uh, was coming out this year Godzilla minus one I had been waiting for it a long time because uh, uh, Toho taking over the reins once again or you know, doing their their version of Godzilla as opposed to the American legendary one um, they did a fantastic job with Shin Godzilla uh, Jason and I did a podcast on that and I was really looking forward to this one and Godzilla minus one was, probably the best Godzilla film that I have ever seen, because I, I'm not sure if you guys are into it at all, but um, it, 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 the premise is uh, the Japan, right after the war, you know it's destroyed, you know, it, people are just down in every single way, every facet of life, and it's basically year zero for them. And this force of nature that is Godzilla comes and sets them back to minus one. That's how, that's how, um, that that's how that's done. Uh, the design of the creature is what, for lack of a better word, truly terrifying because this is a Godzilla that is not as big as uh, the ones that we see. Uh, you know, versus King Kong lately, which is over three hundred feet tall. You know, a three hundred foot monster with legs the size of buses is not going to care that it's stepping on anybody. But a hundred foot monster sees everybody running away and wants to eat them so and, and you know not to give anything away but that's what you were dealing with in this film and uh you know me and penny's uh, son uh, kenneth who was a big godzilla fan too we were there and we were blown away um you know i don't want to give anything away but if you are a godzilla fan like i am or even just a regular monster fan Go see this film because it will hit every single point for you. There's drama in it. There's a little bit of comedy in it. There is parts of the film harken back to Jurassic Park. So, uh, you know, you can see uh, Jaws even. You know, I'm sure you've seen the scene where Godzilla's in the water. Yeah, so he definitely takes, uh, the director takes some uh, liberties in in, uh, paying homage to those kinds of scary, suspenseful films. Blown away by it, go see it, Godzilla Minus One.
3: That's a really ringing endorsement coming yeah. from someone i know looks at it with a really critical eye even the stuff that i know you like arco yeah. that you're like if this isn't good but i like it yeah. for you to be like no, no, no this this is great uh, I, I'm, and- I'm
2: respectful to a lot of different genres even if it's not my thing what's funny is uh, jason and i had spoken about it along with our other friend colin on our thread about about this film coming out and if you haven't seen it i mean um the reviews are Spectacular, hundred yeah. percent. Rotten Tomatoes, whether you believe in that or not, but the it's critically acclaimed. The critics love it. It's not just just like yeah, you know, it's not just Variety saying that you know. I mean, every single review has been glowing. Uh, Jason went to go see it today. He said he walked out after fifty minutes. So I, I mean, <laughs> now I, I know Jason's tough, but I, but I respect his opinion. But I'm like, why? I would have thought that this would have hit the nail for different parts of, of, of things that you like. And he says, you know, the dialogue wasn't for me and I didn't like the, the design of the, the the monster. And I'm like, man, you're rough. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are tough, my friend, but okay. Eh, what can I tell you? <laughs> I mean, Jason was hard on, was he hard on Shin Godzilla also? Um, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he's, well, that's what he said. He said this is much worse than Shin Godzilla. He loved the first hour of Shin Godzilla because it was so chaotic and frantic. And and, and he made, he made a good point when we did that podcast that uh, there was no way they were going to be able to keep keep up the pace uh, of the film like they did for the first hour. So you know you know you had to slow it down a little bit, or else people were going to have heart attacks. But uh, this uh, this wasn't as uh, chaotic. It wasn't as uh, uh in your face as shin was but it wasn't a slow burn either and whenever godzilla was on 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 the screen he he commanded you to 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 watch him so it, it was fantastic
0: no i can't wait to see it i, yeah. I love godzilla movies always yeah. love godzilla so looking forward to seeing yeah. this new one cool that's great Arco, excellent all right joe what do you got for us
4: well i'm going to start by number three and since podcasts now are part of pop culture I'm going to pick one of ours, and okay. that is the life, lively, fun hour we had with Jeremy Adams. That was a, one of the highlights of my year. I loved it. I loved every second of it. He's so enthusiastic. The guy is, you can see he's, he's a cool guy, and he loves the profession he works in, and he brings that energy to his work, and he brought it to our podcast. Uh, so if you're out there, Jeremy, uh, this butt's for you because you did a great job. We appreciate it. And I had a blast. I know Keith had a blast, we all had a blast.
1: Oh my wow. God, it was it, was, it was fantastic. It was one of the best experiences.
4: Right, yeah. it, it was just a lot of fun. So that, that's that's my, you know, that was one of my top moments of 2023. I'll
1: his, I'll... Enthusiasm. his enthusiasm, his enthusiasm is it's contagious. You know, yeah. I, I could listen to Jeremy Adams talk, you know, all day about whatever he's working on.
4: Yeah, every time he does an interview, Keith sends it to me and I want <laughs> to <so laughs> check it out. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. I would
0: thank you for bringing that up, Joe, because that was a fantastic moment. I'm still still shocked that we got him and he did it. Um, I still I still have to recollect like like, we had Jeremy Adams on the podcast. Um.
3: But also, but also, y'all didn't just fanboy like it was a really solid episode. I remember sort of setting. Sometimes I'll set episodes aside. Like sometimes I listen to some of our episodes, especially the ones that I'm not in, so that I can hear what other people say. But sometimes it's kind of like background, like checking in. Um, But there are some episodes that I'm like, no, no, no. I want to make sure I listen to this one. And I remember actually listening to this episode while I was in an airport uh, during a layover. And so I was sitting at a bar eating dinner, listening to this really, really strong episode. And you guys did like a great job. I think that's something that's like, you know, not always the case, especially with sort of casual podcasts like ours, where it's easy to like fanboy or ask predictable questions. And it was like, no, no, no. You guys you guys had some really insightful questions, and the conversation was a good time. Yeah,
4: the, the night before, Keith and I were, were, were on the phone, like, we're not going to geek out tomorrow, right? Well, I, know, I'm, I I can't promise you that is the same thing, but we, we tried to hold our geekness in check, yeah.
1: We have to thank James for, like, keeping us, like, reining us yes. in, like, yeah. you know, because uh, you leave James me alone with right something there. like yes. that. It'll, it'll, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I mean, well, you guys are great, as I always say that this podcast, as much as I started it and brought everyone together, every everyone, I'm going to, it's our New Year's episode, so I'm going to gush on all of you. Like, I bring you guys together and you guys do the magic. I just, I just like do the guiding maybe and the steering, but the, you guys, you guys make the entertainment stuff and, and both of you were fantastic on that episode. And uh, I, I obviously, you know, as much as I'm a fan of it, you guys know his stuff really well. So I could not have done that episode without the both of you knowing as much and you were both fantastic on it. And Thank you. And hopefully this year he will come back because I've uh, I've kept in touch with him periodically through direct message on Instagram. I've I've let him know when I've seen his work. I, I did I did I did actually did a, a drawing for him that I, I only posted I could think for him and on our Instagram page of when he left the Flash. I did a picture of him and the Flash together that I sent oh. him and he was he like that. So um, so hopefully he'll be back. But we have I wouldn't say like a relationship, but he's he, he will respond to my direct messages. So okay. it's a it's a good sign that we can hopefully have him back. Mm-hmm. So this year, so. All right, so uh, so my uh, my I don't have an order either, but I'm going to go with a comic book to start off my list. So I found this this year. I don't know when it wrapped up. I think it's somewhat ongoing, but the comic book is uh, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Dean uh, Ormston, and it's Black Hammer. Uh, black, fantastic book. Uh, Hoopla has all three volumes of it. It's uh, omnibuses, and uh, Black Hammer is very much in line with a planetary, which is probably why I liked it. And it tells the story of this group of silver slash golden age heroes who, after fighting a crisis on their earth, find themselves no longer in a golden age comic book universe, but a grounded real world universe like our own world. And they don't know, God, that's
3: terrifying. and they don't
0: know how exactly they got there, and they don't know exactly how to get out and uh and you have a a martian man under counterpart you have like a batman wildcat counterpart you have a shiz uh, like a shazam marvel girl in it uh who else is in you have like a doc adam strange character a a uh a john constantine character they're all like the archetypes are there and uh and they're they're just trying to interact and be in the real world. And some of them want to stay and don't care because they finally get to live a real life. Some of them want nothing else to get out. And there's this whole mystery of why they're there. And it's it's fantastic writing. It's it's just a really great book, really great series. I was really surprised by it. I, I'd heard about it in the background because I listened to a bunch of podcasts by you know people who write comic books and then are writers in general. And this always came up. And I was like, let's give it a try, and it was. I, I blew through these omnibuses in like a few weeks. Like they're wow. like 500 page books, and I just like Ooh. flew right through them. So, uh,
1: who publishes yeah. it?
0: Um, Dark Horse. Uh, it might be Dark
1: Horse. Let me take a look. I'll, uh, I feel like I feel like Lemire does a lot of his stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not really that familiar with Jeff Lemire. This is like my first. Like, uh, obviously, I've heard of him. He's mm-hmm. you know award winning, uh, very well known. Yeah, it's Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse. Dark yeah.
1: Horse. Well, that I'm definitely going to pick it up because that sounds that That's sounds awesome. great. And I've read yeah. I've read a ton of his indie stuff. I've read his um, uh, the Underwater Welder, Sweet Tooth, and Essex County. They're all incredible. Um, and I, I like I liked his um, his Animal Man and uh, mm-hmm. his Green Arrow. But man, his uh, the Underwater Underwater Welder and Sweet Tooth and this such great stories with such heart. Yes. Yeah.
0: This has a lot of heart. And uh, yeah, like I said, I would, you know, probably when you read it, Keith, just because you liked it too, if you'll probably get planetary vibes from it. Oh, great. Yeah. Because he, cool. he, yeah. he really honors the entire spectrum of the comic book universe through these characters. And, and they have flashbacks to their origin, which gives you bigger like, oh, he's pulling from this and that. And, you know, so anyway, that, that's my oh. choice. Black, Black Hammer.
1: Oh, I will. I'm putting that on my list. That's that's right up my alley. Excellent. <laughs> wrote it down to, Yeah.
0: Excellent. So, um, all right. I think uh, we're on to our next one. Our number two picks, Chris. Hey, nobody got poached you? in the first round. Nobody got poached. Yeah, it's yeah. a poach-free round. <laughs>
3: it's a record for us. No, I, I, I don't
2: think it, I don't think anybody's poaching me today. But you guys, <laughs> you, you guys have a lot more cooler stuff than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's our problem, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> um.
3: Okay, so my number two was, was a tie of two wildly different things. Um, one of which uh, came out before this year, but I only discovered it this year. And that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Um, I loved the story. I wasn't entirely certain what I was expecting out of it. But I was like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm trying to... Be better about not just reading the things that I'm confident I will like, but just branch out a little bit. And I was like, "All right, that's kind of interesting." Honestly, I adore the book. I went out and bought a copy of it because I was, "No, I need to. I need to own this story." Um, I love love the amount of work I had to put into guessing which which is the last remaining turtle, um, and then to find out who it is and why is, is like heartbreaking. So I thought that was that was great, um, but it was tied for two uh, with with what was it had to be I I loved that the devils made the playoffs last year for the first time in forever and that was great but it was spectacular to watch the florida panthers bounce the boston bruins ah, in a record setting season in the first round everybody after that that game 7 was over and the, and boston was out everybody was just looking at each other like wait I, did, that, did that did we miss something like what just happened um it was so I, I try not to like hate draft. Um, but in this case, uh, it was just bonkers to see this incredible team get bounced. Again, record setting team get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Um, in a really wildly entertaining series that Boston absolutely should have won early. They left the door open and um and Florida decided to make a run of it. So those are my those are my tied at number two. Uh Panthers bounced the Bruins, which happened in twenty twenty three, and now I'm cheating, so I haven't held myself to my own standard, which is par for the course for me yeah. um last ronin which did not come out this year discovered this year and i cannot recommend highly enough
2: uh, i'm happy that there was a sports reference in there so uh thank you for that i, I thought uh, i thought you would appreciate well, arc well, that arco i was, mean not hockey part but i do i do appreciate yeah. that the uh the sports made it up there so i'm glad one of us yeah. put it there get it. Out uh, to uh, yeah. i've got a sports reference too <laughs> well, Okay. <All> right. <laughs> and
0: chris uh, the teenage mutant ninja turtle book is, is awesome you know i yeah. read i read that story the year before and is, it's fantastic.
2: I'm going to have to pick that up. I haven't read one of those since, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles originally, uh, came out in black and white back in the eighties. So, oh, sure, uh, but, but, but the, yeah, I'm sorry, but, uh, the, uh, the way you described it, it's definitely something up my alley where I would, uh, I would, I, you know, almost like, um, uh, Wolverine, the end, or uh, Old yes. Man Logan yeah. kind of storyline where you know they're looking back to see exactly what happened to everybody. So, I, I yep. that's something I'd be interested in. Thanks. And it's, yeah. the no, creators, uh, it's the original creators. It's the original creators came back
0: for it. So they, uh, mm-hmm. I think, Eastman and Leard both were involved. Yes, which, which they were. Leard is very rarely involved. So they both came together for this project. Yes. So, okay. um, Keith, I think we're on to your number two.
1: Yep. Okay. okay. Um, my number two is actually a movie. Um, I'm not sure. I, I mentioned it briefly before as a recommendation on one of the other podcasts uh, earlier this year. Um, the movie, the horror movie, Megan. I'm not sure if anyone here has seen that. No. It is a horror movie that doesn't take itself seriously at all, which is kind of like my favorite horror movie. Um, it's silly, as silly as hell. It's basically about a um, a young girl who unfortunately loses both of her parents in an accident, and her aunt works for this toy company that's making these like AI like, kind of robots, and she makes, like, a best friend, Megan, for her. And, um, of course, the AI goes haywire and takes its job to take care of her a little too seriously and, you know, starts killing people who remotely threaten the little girl. Um, it's so silly. She sings, like, a Rihanna song. at a bedtime, like, <laughs> song to the kid. And that's literally, like, another moment, like Adrian mentioned before, in the theater. I was laughing, like, a five-year-old when that happened i like if i was home i would have rewound it like seven times um, I, I almost made it my ringtone i found it um it's just a silly doesn't take itself seriously kind of horror movie a lot of fun um i've i've watched it like four or five times i've watched it with people who don't like horror at all and they were able to kind of laugh through it it's not really scary you know other than the occasional jump scare um I hate it. It's, it's like a lighthearted, fun horror movie. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely, I recommend it. It's uh it was, it was uh, probably one of my favorite movies of the year. My number two.
2: Wow. Nice. Um, can I just say, Keith, that I am uh, not a horror fan. Uh, never have been. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I have no problem with uh, slasher flicks or gore. No, no, no. But Suspense and jump scares, man. Nah, no thanks. You <laughs> know, since I was a kid, but I will say this: uh, one of the best uh, horror movies that really grabbed me was *Cabin in the Woods*, which came out in 2010. And if you've seen that film, it's really what you just said. It didn't take itself too seriously. From the beginning, you know there were horror elements in it throughout the entire film, and there were some scary jump scares and everything. But like the pandemonium at the end, at the end of the film, made it. You know, I was laughing when people were getting like demolished left and right, and uh, you know, and and the, 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 for you know no 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 spoilers here, but uh, for anybody who's seen it, you know the people. Uh, running the show really, and the, the way they interact with each other, gambling and everything, and uh, you know, betting on the merman and and st- stuff like that. That's the kind of uh, a horror movie that I could I could get into. And what the happened? silly office vibe to it, like, how, yeah, like- I, exactly, exactly. You know, yeah, you're looking around you're like, you know, where, where are the cameras here. I, you know, it's like a candy camera with the of the office. So I, I would definitely you- feel. That, that what you're uh, the movie you're talking about megan i i know of it but i'll definitely check it out now
1: yeah i check it out now, yeah. definitely yeah. in that realm not as crazy and silly right, right, but right, right. in that realm and also it's got chris Hemsworth at uh, cabin oh. in the woods that was that was fun oh right that's
2: right really yeah, absolutely chris Hemsworth. well that's where i first saw him but of course you know he uh didn't start his uh, vitamins and uh, workouts yet, yeah, yes, no, no, so he didn't look. No. He didn't look like he uh Thor a, a year or two later. <laughs> he looked. He looked more like uh, Captain Kirk's dad. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yes, yes, kid. yes. uh great movie, also, but we'll talk about that oh, later. Yeah. Yes. found
4: yeah. horror movies. Um, uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. We- oh. I mean, halfway through that film, I was laughing hysterically every every time somebody got their head lopped off because it was so original. It wasn't the same head lopping. Every time somebody got their head lopped off, it was from a different angle. It was just hyster- I loved that that's, film.
2: Uh, that's the Tim Burton film with uh, Johnny Barton Depp, right? Johnny Depp, yeah. Love that film. And let me it's, tell you something, Christopher Walken didn't have to oh, say a word in that film, but he was he was he was primo christopher walken uh, in that film without saying a word all he had to do was look at you all time. yeah he just had to look at you with those eyes and those yep. shaved teeth and you know it was crazy that was good all excellent recommendations yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah. and keith i'll uh
0: i'll have to watch, watch megan because i've seen that offered on amazon prime i think it's one of their videos you well watched.
1: yeah i'm not sure if you have it or not but it's on um it's also on peacock yeah oh okay all oh, right to yes, I
0: have to me. check it out
1: yeah excellent yeah so, maybe if you get like even one of those uh, free trials, you can kind of jump on there and watch it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Adrian, I think Adrian. you're up. Adrian. Yep.
5: Okay. Switching gears entirely now, uh, but still funny. Um, so, it's not, some, it's not exactly something I discovered this year, but um, sort of. So, um, Peter Pan goes wrong. So I don't know if you've heard of, <laughs> I see Chris gesturing. So years ago, several years ago, before the, the pandemic, some friends from writers group and I went to see the play that goes wrong, which is, it was a British uh, uh, theater troupe. They made this play where it was uh, the Cornley Polytechnic Institute, Dramat- uh, amateur dramatic society. And so it's basically like, there's supposed to be this, amateur dramatic group and no matter what they do when they put on this play everything goes wrong by the end of the play that goes wrong the entire freaking set has just collapsed (laughs) but but, like and like each character has their own like if you've ever been in any sort of theatrical like amateur theatrical thing you watch this and you're like i know that person i know that person because they just nail it perfectly there's the guy that doesn't know his line there's the guy that like keeps grinning at the audience just because he likes the attention there's the obsessive like overbearing director lead actor guy you know like just and the physical comedy that they do is just like they have to be so meticulous because everything is collapsing around them (laughs) so peter pan goes wrong one of their subsequent plays um just came it was just on tour and it was actually the original people who created it that were on tour so um so some friends and i uh went to see it and it was hilarious again uh, <laughs> when we saw it bradley whitford was the um host uh the, the the narrator so they always get a guest narrator um and it was hilarious because also the actor strike was going on so so, they have these like little asides and stuff happening. So, like, there's a point where the, the like his mic is still hot when he's backstage and he's going, Oh, this is the worst player. He's like, Figure, we're on strike. I'm only doing this because of the strike or something like that. And then later on, everything's going crazy and he's standing there holding a strike sign. He like did a split and lost, you know, couldn't get back up. And then he goes, as he's getting dragged off the stage there, she shouts out, you know, the A.M.P.T.P. needs to come back to the table. It was just, especially to be out here, you know, in L.A., so it's like the strike was so in everyone's mind and so present that that was just getting huge applause. But just really the anything with goes wrong in the name, <laughs> I highly recommend it because they also have a show during the pandemic it it came on here i think it it, i think it's on broadway hd but i'm pretty sure at least most of the episodes are on youtube and they are half hour shows it's called the goes wrong show and every episode is a different uh genre so they'll do like there's the they do a horror one they do this weird like it's supposed to be a Southern drama, but it's called 98 Degrees, 98 Degrees or 90 Degrees. Whatever it is, that factors into it in many ways. And it's just, it's just, they're very funny. If you need a good laugh and if you have any experience with amateur theater, check out anything with Goes Wrong. Even Peter Pan Goes Wrong is, it's a, they have a shortened version that they did as a TV special. They did Christmas Carol Goes Wrong. So yeah, it's <laughs> really funny. That sounds interesting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'll to, I've never, I've never heard of it. I'll definitely check it out now. I'm, that, this it's really, know.
3: it's really brilliant. It's brilliant work, and especially the original stuff is good. But the stuff that you know, like Christmas Carol or Peter Pan, it tends to be, I think, funnier because you know what's supposed to be happening. Yes. So, <laughs> like, the chaos is that much more. Some of it's expected, some of it's unexpected. But no, that's that's a great pick, Adrian.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not aware of it, but I'm I'm in, I always love comedy, so I'm definitely going to check it out. Excellent pick. <laughs> Marco, I think we're back to you for your one or two or whatever, however order, well, whatever you want to go in.
2: It depends on, uh, on how you want to look at it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get this negative one out of the way. And, um, uh, you know, uh, we're all coming up with new things. You're all giving me stuff that I really haven't heard or seen or, or, or read, but, um, here's my hot take on something that I think is dead. And, uh, you know, uh, I, there's no way to say it, but I believe that Marvel is over and it kills me to say that. And I think you all know how big of a Marvel fan I was through, uh, through everything from, you know, from, from the beginning of the, we're talking about Marvel uh, films and everything, obviously. And, um, you know, I think it died in 2019 with, uh, Endgame. I, I think that the magic is gone. Uh, we can blame a little bit on, uh, on, on the pandemic, as um, Adrian, you're you're right out there. You 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 know how it's affected all all types of um, entertainment and the industry. But I, I think really it lies with just one thing, and that is the greed that um, that the studio has has fallen back on, and the fact that they have really watered down the product so much has left us with. Really, a phase and a half of very little to to celebrate. Uh, has there been a few things? Sure, I loved Wandavision when it came out, but I was also desperate for things. Okay, so looking back on it, Wandavision may have been one of my favorites, but was it as strong as Loki? No, but I, you know, and we'll talk about that one later. But uh, um, I think that overall, they don't know what they're doing. They haven't had a clear. Uh, um path uh, as they did during the first three phases and look where look what it has uh, it has gotten us i i, I mean let's uh, just just this year alone i i can't tell you i i know that you guys like a lot of the the smaller stuff on disney plus i i i get it but i did not enjoy secret wars I did not enjoy um, most of the Disney Plus stuff that has come out. Um, I will take Netflix uh, shows, uh, Marvel shows, any day over most of the Disney Plus stuff that has come out. And I'm talking about Daredevil, obviously, but you know, the uh, um, Jessica Jones and First Power Man—they were fantastic. Um, How Ant Man this year? absolutely terrible I I, I mean we, 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 we did a podcast about that mm-hmm. other than guardians of the Galaxy, I I, I struggle to find a film since endgame that Marvel has done well enough for me to say this was amazing today I read an article on Gizmodo saying that that Marvel has basically disowned the Marvels—they're not because they're not going to be reporting it. they the money that they make on it going forward, mainly because it's not making any money. It won't even break a hundred million hundred million. Think about that. They were making. I enjoyed um, it. That's fine, Agent. I'm sorry. I, of course, this is my opinion, but but it's backed with some facts that they are not making the money. That that for whatever reason, I don't. I, I'm I'm not going to say because they decided to go this way or that way. All I'm saying is that there has been a divide at the top where it's either Feige is doing something wrong or he is. Maybe he is doing. He is the one doing it wrong by giving these projects to people that should not have them. I, I don't know if it's the directors. I don't know if it's the writers. All I know is that I have not enjoyed myself as I thought I would. And other than Guardians I, I, at 3, I, I struggle to find something that I've really, really enjoyed so so r.i.p mcu
5: (laughs) i I think well like the way things have come across it's more committed to death and one thing that has become abundantly clear out here Mm -hmm. is the corporatization of the of the entertainment industry all they care about is metrics right now and they are so they all have their heads so far up their asses with their metrics and everyone bows down to the all holy metrics that they are not allowing the creativity they're they're they're, they're committing everything okay right,
2: but that's fine so. it, but if if they're going by the metrics as and, and in uh oh, yeah,
4: no, a, in, in
2: sports we call that analytics you know as joe knows i'm and, and, gonna bring up and, that and, that, and that's the way that killing that's baseball. going and they were just killing that so but but you can't possibly say you can't possibly say that they are hitting those metrics.
5: Exactly. Okay? They
2: are not hitting those <laughs> metrics. And and I, I, I'm not, I I'm not the type of person to say, well, you know, it's because you have, uh, they're making films that are, uh, listen, for lack of a better word, they're making them too diverse. And people are saying that that's the, the way that it started going at downhill. I don't believe that. Is mm-hmm. that the metrics that they're looking for? Because if if it is if it is, then is it working? You're saying that they're looking for those those metrics. They can't possibly be hitting them with what they're doing oh, no. the last four no, years. No, they're
5: looking at the wrong metrics.
2: That's the, the problem uh, oh, is. then 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 <laughs> then that's a problem. And I don't know how they correct that. And and you know I understand that the pandemic and uh, uh, Jonathan Majors situation. Yeah, you can't you can't know that these things are going to happen. I get it. And. They're doing the be- they did the best that they could during the pandemic, and uh, now Jonathan majors a curveball here. Mm-hmm. They just don't have a way out of the the hole that they're digging themselves into. I th- I feel, mm-hmm. and by the time they do find their way out of their asses, it may be too late. Because me, I I, I was done at Endgame. It seems. You no, know? so- no, I um I I, I definitely.
1: Uh... I hear that uh, a lot of people feel that way these days, but I'm more I'm I'm on the other side. I um, I've enjoyed a ton of stuff since Endgame, uh, the two Spider-Man movies, Black Widow, Guardians. Um, um, I I really liked <laughs> Doctor Strange 2 and and Ant Man. Um, I love the Hawkeye series. I love the Moon Knight series, WandaVision, Loki. Like I I loved a lot of it, and it's just my opinion, and I I, I respect anyone's opinion who disagree, but i think some of this when i hear from not saying you are but i hear online and watch a lot of videos i think some of it is a bit of revisionist history that the first three stages were perfection but man i remember i was there from day one and people were dogging on thor 2 iron man 2 iron man 3 which anyway, i i love iron I, man
2: three. I, I loved iron man 3. I, I, and, and people, you know what when i saw iron man 2 i was happy with it too when when I saw Thor two, I was like, "Oh, this one's a little dodgy." But well, once they put those stones in there, I was all on board. <laughs> even even you know, even Age of Age of Ultron, I
1: remember getting some crap. Captain Marvel, uh, yeah. um, I I just feel like personally, um, Endgame kind of brought us up to this level where that was that was epic. It was amazing. So it was mm-hmm. Infinity War, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of it's like coming on after the Beatles. After that, but right? Yeah. I've I'm not gonna say I, I couldn't stand the Eternals. Um, I, Falcon Winter Soldier I didn't like. Um, and Shang-Chi, I thought it was okay. Um, but I, I don't know, I loved uh, uh, Wakanda Forever. I've really, I'm still all in. I will say this though. The Marvels was the first MCU movie that, that I not only not see on opening night with my son, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it at all yet. And it was mostly cause the trailer just looked boring to me. Like, I, mm-hmm. And that was it. I've seen everything else, up even you know Guardians Three, which God movie I saw that four times in the theater. Um, <laughs> um, it just Marvels. just looked uninspired. Like some people have said, it looked like a Disney Plus show. Uh, that's I think high praise almost. It just didn't yeah. look. And I, and I loved Captain Marvel the first movie. I loved that movie. Um, yeah. It's just there's something missing there. But I don't know. To me, it's kind of like i'm still all in to me it's you know the the mcu is so high up there they're kind of like the yankees they're going to take shots from people you know um i'm 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 still in i'm not saying i'm as confident
2: i i i feel i feel like you you're gonna you can always come down obviously you can't always (laughs) stay at the at the top that's fine and there peaks and valleys i get it but three years four years worth of more valleys than peaks in my opinion it, it just spells almost impossible turnaround, but.
1: I do think it'd be, it'd be a good idea if they cut back on some of the, yes. you know, some of the output. <laughs> well,
4: they <do>. I mean, <laughs> when, like
1: I'll they have do Wonder know? Man coming out. Like I'm all for obscure characters being elevated. Oh. I personally think in comics, I think some of the best stories have been with the, the lesser characters, cause they can do more with them. You know, like, you know, I love Animal Man, the Grant Morrison's run, I like this and that, but that has to be where a creator is inspired and like see something in that character like starman or you know or whatever wally west when he before he was big you know like when he first took over like walk weight or you have to have like that love and that seed for it that you
2: just can't take you know guardians was a hit Um, Let's make Wonder Man something. Well, like James Gunn did with the Guardians. And I I will tell you, even though I knew who the Guardians, the original Guardians were back in 1969, Mm -hmm. um, when I did not realize after Annihilation that there was an uh, Annihilation storyline, I'm sorry if if that's obscure too, but I did not realize that they put together another Guardians group. So this was a whole new team to me, although I know who Rocket Raccoon was, I know who Groot was, but together, no idea. Uh, that they did something and it worked amazingly. So,
1: and uh, he lo- he loved it, you can tell he loved it. He I, loved I, I just, it.
2: He loved it. it, makes it and me that's wonder. why all three of those films were the best trilogy of films that Marvel did. Absolutely, and he was getting
5: more control, his own control. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't as committed.
1: <laughs> I, I can't agree. I can't agree. No, but the I, Guardians, I've the
5: enjoyed them all. Also, I always yeah. I I like to find things to. I can always find things to like. Right. In the movies, so even the ones that I'm not that crazy about, I usually find more to enjoy than I don't like. So I've been enjoying them all still. I
2: Well, I'm sorry it's that I brought you like guys down. Out. The next no, one, no, yeah, no. the next one no, is like, a good
1: discussion. I will say one yeah. one last thing: like they're they're run by the wrong committee. I feel like now because in the beginning of the MCU like I got listened to a lot of podcasts with like Brian Michael Bendis and all the other guys, the first few, like five up till Avengers are past that. The first Avengers, um, they had the Marvel creative committee, the comic book writers, um, Bendis, Brubaker, Fraction. Uh, I think Frank Miller to a certain extent, they would, they would kind of consult with the directors and they would, and they would actually tell them, you can't do this because we have an overarching story we're telling and they have to feel a certain way, the characters and they, they're gone.
2: They're no longer doing that, and I don't know who is. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's doing it. So, and it's not like I'm saying that we we can do better. I, I'm sure some of you can. I know I can't. But I can't uh, <laughs> overall, for where they put us, it's it's been very disappointing to where we are now.
1: So they still blow away the DC movies, all right. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, that's well, let, let's not even start there. But, uh, you know, the fact, the fact that. I
1: mean, if you're going to put the
2: bar on the floor so yeah, we can I'm step sorry. over. Fact, yeah, <laughs> what, what, is
4: it? what is that oh, called? God. The DCU? DC excruciating first?
2: God. The fact that Aquaman made a billion dollars pre pandemic is is just uh, amazing to me. And this next one does not look any better. But, no, whatever. It anyway, sorry, guys. All right, let's. No, it oh, no, it's a good happened. conversation. Yeah. Um,. All right, Where are we? No, <laughs> no. I think Joe. So. Oh, okay, I got
4: two t- uh, My number two is two TV shows because I couldn't pull them apart. I think I might be poaching somebody here. They they, they do place they do take place in the same universe. Um, Star Trek: Strange New World season two and Picard season three. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> I mean, James at once, I had not watched Picard season. I watched three episodes of Picard season one. Boring. Got out. Didn't bother with season two. James tells me about the second episode of season three, Picard. There's a scene you're going to love. I watch it. He was right. I was drawn in. I was, they got me by the, by neck. And I thought Picard season three was fantastic. Uh, I think they set some things up for the future. Obviously a legacy series.
0: We hope so. We hope hope so. so.
4: But I want to see the, the Worf and Rafi series. That's what I really want to see. A Wild West Bounty Hunter series in the Alpha Quadrant with Worf and Rafi. I think that would be a great series. And then Strange New Worlds season two, it got better. I didn't think it could happen, but (laughs) and what I like about Strange New Worlds is that it is episodic one and done with through lines and subplots where Picard season three was an entire season. Right. So to no pun intended, but you got the best of both worlds. Yeah. So, uh, you know, (laughs) I uh, just love both of them. And uh, James and I poach any of those? Did, you poached those?
0: Picard season three, but that's what <laughs> <true>. I knew <laughs> you were going to. I knew you were going to. It's, uh, it's just just such a fantastic Star Trek is back,
4: thank God. It took a while, but it's back, and it's in good hands.
0: Yes. they. I think they, I mean, assuming that Paramount knows what to do in the future with it, because it's, again, it's uh, not not to the extreme of like the Star Wars MCU Disney problem, but you know, Paramount Plus, who knows if that really should have been a streaming service. And with the pandemic, like, I don't know if they... Hopefully they will have the money to, like, mm-hmm. continue on with what they start with Picard Season 3 and with Strange New Worlds. Because they, you know, I like Discovery, but I think they used... This, Discovery had to go through a lot of painful growth spurts to get us to Picard and Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they are there with Star Trek, and uh, I don't know if they know what to do with it. I don't know if they have the money to do what they want with it. And uh, so we'll see, but I well, agree. Can, can I make
4: a suggestion to Paramount? Uh, and this this is feeding to what Arca was just talking about. Don't overextend yourselves. Uh, we know that Strange New Worlds is coming to an end, Not excuse me, um, Discovery is coming to an end with uh, season five, right?
0: There's, I think yes, that's, that's what I've heard about, so yeah.
4: So continue on with Strange New Worlds, uh, continue on with Lower Decks, uh, continue on and then find something that, that you can, extrapolate from Picard season three and just don't throw too much stuff at us. Don't water down the product.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know if there like needs to be, and as Adrian was speaking about with metrics and Arco was just yeah. speaking about, like they seem to these, the philosophy seems to be that we have to have some of this content on year round. Yeah. I, I don't need Star Trek or, or MCU year round. I don't need you. I don't need to leave the movie theater, jump on a TV show for six or eight weeks, then jump back into the movie theater, then jump back to TV for an I'm fine yeah. with like my MCU movie or my Star Wars series or my Star Trek gonna, show.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> say we're looking at you, Star Wars, because yeah. there's so much Star Wars content, and I can't believe I'm gonna say this—I don't care.
4: I, mean, I don't care.
0: It's a lot. It's too. It's like all these things are too much, and it doesn't uh, have to be
4: do, year round. You're right, James. And I'm it doesn't really, have to be year round. I'm okay. I'm right okay. Now, can you, right now, can you, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, uh, when the hell is Cobra Kai season six going to drop? That's what I want yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can That's we? That's what we just, I want. Yeah
0: i'd be happy like in the beginning of the year we have a marvel in the middle year we have a star wars at the end of the year we have a star trek like that's fine that's fine like that and that's that's probably the pace you should go at this point Mm -hmm. for all the franchises because that's
1: less is more less is more right
0: yeah also like aside from like the committee stuff of of all these things writers need time to create good work i mean when you were when they were building the mcu when they were building the new star wars stuff and when they were building the star trek stuff like you know, a, a season of television, even a, like a now a 12-season episode of television, it takes time to write good stuff. Yes. And, and uh, you know, speaking of like Netflix, like some of the Netflix shows, even as great as Daredevil was, it still felt like, like with 12 or 14 episodes, there were filler episodes. There shouldn't be filler episodes when you can dictate nope. how many episodes there can be in a season. Right. right? You know...
1: People make excuses for that. I'm like, oh, they have to do that because they have to. They have to have fill. I'm like, no, they don't. They're writing the story. Make it end when it's going to end. You don't. It's silly. Yeah,
0: exactly. especially so, uh, these
1: days. It's not like network TV where you had like 24 episodes you had to fill in. You know, right. like the final season of Flash had uh, what was it, like 10, 11, 12 episodes,
4: and they had like four episodes where Barry wasn't even in it.
1: Yeah,
4: I, I still haven't finished it yet, Keith. I just can't. Oh, I, just can't well, I can't do it. it
1: in my mind, it was so bad. It's so odd. It was so bad. I couldn't shut it off. I couldn't do like, I could I, 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 I let actually. Let keep on watching
2: this, this, this train wreck. Yeah, uh, that's yeah.
1: my favorite character. I, and I, I binged it because I was like, I, they're not doing this. Like, that's it. Crazy. The strategy worked. Yeah. The, 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 the strategy ridiculous. worked
3: good content to watch and you watched it and we're grateful now we're going to give you stuff that's so bad you can't look away
5: <laughs> good. i vaguely remember liking the series finale but i can't remember why or what happened that was? made me say that <laughs>
1: <Interesting>. <laughs> literally they took the biggest villains from each of the big seasons you know oh Bond, that's zoom right. sabatar and whoever else and they oh, these are villains that took like barry and his team a whole season to beat right Last episode he takes on one of them. You got freaking uh Joe West wife taking on the other like taking on Zoom or something. Uh it was just it was it was embarrassing. It was, I mean, especially because the first season or two were incredible. I think. Yes, they were.
0: They were. They were. The season one and two were incredible seasons of television for the Flash. I,
1: I had <laughs> vested interest not to like that show when it came out because I was still, I was still salty because of you know Jeff Johns bringing Barry Allen back in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I knew, and then when that show came out, I'm like, if this hits, I'm never going to see Wally in you know, like a, a, a starring role in a movie or a show, you know. Um, so I did not want to like that show, and I love that show. Yeah
0: they blew uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, all right. So I think it's up to me now. It's Joe, six. you took you yes. took my number yep. one. Sorry. So it's fine. So I'm going to go with uh, bringing it back to Arco. I'm going to say Loki season two was one of my favorite things of this year. Loki season yeah. two gave me, I had fun. Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston are two, two people together. Uh, two people together who I could watch do the phone book together. Their, <laughs> <laughs> their chemistry is great. Um, Ki Hu Kwan is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. I can't say enough how fantastic he was in that show and that character with the three of them. Yeah, I, I th- th- that show was awesome. It just it knew what it wanted to be. I didn't even care what the story was about because I'm not even sure what the point of the whole thing was until the end of it. <laughs> but I liked seeing all of their adventures to get to that point. And uh, and looking at it as a whole, I mean, I didn't ever cared about the Loki character really. Um, and I think yeah. that was kind of like like in the beginning i was like oh okay just because like people like tom hiddleston and he does a good job we're gonna make loki an anti-hero and a hero because that's what the fans want i was kind of like i don't like when they just do that with villains like i like a good villain uh, and if it's a good villain they should stay a villain and not you don't have to sympathize with them and turn them into a good guy to because he's they're popular but the loki arc um through the loki series and especially season two i i really liked the character like it you know that that arc of the character and where they he wound up at the end of season two really worked for me. So Loki season two is on my my top picks. I of the still year.
2: haven't watched it. Exactly. I, I agree with you. It really is good. You. Adrian, you are going to love it. Anybody yeah, who hasn't seen so. it definitely needs yeah. to pick it up because uh, uh, hey, James, as as uh, to make um, uh, to finish your point about doing the anti-hero thing, I I not that I would have read it, but I believe that this there was a storyline where he ends up this way uh yes. yeah so so i, I believe they t- they took from that
0: yes i i um i actually started reading that in hoopla i haven't finished the it's like three vo- three volume story arc um right. but yeah it was it like i said it was it was fantastic i i thought it was uh yeah I have not, <laughs> check it out it's fun it's okay. fun like, and i don't even think you need to like it's it sort of exists in its own pocket because the they yes they really didn't like reference what else is going on in the mcu and and they kind of wrap up what happened in season one, so you don't even need season one. You could jump into season two and have fun just with those two as is, so uh, so that's- Loki
1: uh, Loki finds his glorious purpose.
0: He does find his wow. glorious purpose, yes. Absolutely. yeah. Don't yeah. tell me how, you yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, you you'll enjoy it. Some? Adrian and Joe, you'll enjoy it when you get okay. to see it. I,
3: I think so too, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, All right, Chris, here it is, number three okay. for yeah. three.
3: You. No, this is my number one.
0: Oh, number one, What? A, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I went backwards. Um, <laughs> But no, I agree with Loki season two. It was one of the shows that I was like least invested in. I'm like, sure, I'll watch it. Huge surprise for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. My number one for if you've listened to like I think there are two or three episodes in which I mentioned this. So if you listen to any of those episodes, you won't be surprised. But my number one is Across the Spider Verse. Easy choice for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I adore that movie, and it's it's funny because I've watched it. I don't know how many times, um, but I I. I think about what you were saying earlier in the episode, uh, Arco actually wrote down is you have to slow down the pace or the audience will have a heart attack. And this movie almost never does that. It like, it starts fast Mm -hmm. and it starts introducing these characters that it actually fleshes out somehow. But then it like has that wild chase scene, which like I go back and I rewatch and I, there's still different Spider-Men that I'm like, no, you actually flesh them out. It's bonkers. Mm -hmm. Um, like, top to bottom just brilliant filmmaking easily my favorite superhero movie of all time um i just it blew me away how they fleshed out the different characters the different moments that they had um i like that all of the the twists felt like they were organic because whether you figured them out or not they made sense but but there were even if you figured it out beforehand it wasn't like for me it wasn't like crushing right it doesn't crush the story just cuz you know what's going to happen next you're just like oh oh that's going to be a really unpleasant surprise mm. and then sure enough it is um i honestly you know obviously i can't wait to see the the, the finale to this i can't wait to see beyond the spider verse but this movie is so good take 10 20 years to make the next
1: one i'll wait <laughs>
0: yes
1: it was great i really enjoyed the episode where you guys reviewed it um i love the movie i want i got to see Both of them, again, though, I want to rewatch them because the things you guys were just talking about and pointing out, you know, subtle things that, not subtle things, but things I didn't even, I was so engrossed I kind of didn't pick up on, like how uh, the the coloring change you brought up when uh, Gwen was hugging her dad and just different things like that that you pointed out. I know now I won't be so bananas about what's going on and focusing. I'll be able to appreciate, you know, how it was all put together. Uh, you guys really pointed out a lot of stuff that I it made me even more gung ho to rewatch both of them. Even Chris, you pointed out how um, the, the, the spider was glitching in the first movie. Um, I didn't even noticed. I, mean, I didn't notice that. I didn't. I didn't know what that meant. Obviously, um, they're just they're like uh, they're like little masterpieces. Those movies they really are. They're they're really good. Absolutely, I went back. One of my favorite bits that I
3: see now that I really like is when he is told uh specifically on the train and spoiler alert but I think everybody here has seen it right
5: oh yeah actually I haven't seen it yet oh, but I've no. oh, no. I listened, to, I listened is... to your podcast already okay okay so you already heard this I said don't to so, this if you haven't seen
2: it right when,
3: um, <laughs> and he's on the train and he says you're not supposed to be Spider-Man and Miles glitches in that moment what you actually part of the glitch that you see if you look really closely is it glitches back to the scared little boy in the fake Spider-Man mask that he's wearing in the first movie Ooh. and there's this you're not spider-man and you can see the fraud in him in that wow. moment before he has the resolve it's so
1: i'm with you absolutely keith wow, yeah, yeah. wow. What, it? what do they call that like impersonator complex or something what do they call that when
4: imposter complex
1: hey.
2: imposter complex like that's imposter syndrome yeah yeah yeah, sure, yeah that's um uh, the fact that they did something that i never thought was going to be possible and that was make uh, not only uh, put uh Spider-Man 2099 on the screen but make him awesome uh mm-hmm. you know is is amazing to me so kudos to that because uh when that when that came out in 1992 I was all in on that book uh in fact you know they did they did a 2099 universe uh you know for a couple of years which was you know really good kind of a missed opportunity that they couldn't go further with it but uh, the best part of it was Miguel O'Hara's uh Spider-Man so Good job. Now, with the, he is so
3: yeah. he from the moment he shows up, yeah. he's he's a, and he's terrifying too. Yeah. That moment when Miles is running and looking behind himself, mm-hmm. and he turns and you just hear the the blaring music, and he mm-hmm. and Miles uh, it like has to dodge that lead. Mm-hmm. He is terrifying. I'm I'm with you 100, yeah. percent Arco. Yeah.
0: I like Spider-Man 29 also, so I was very I, – I this resurgence of Miguel O'Hara is like, wow. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah,
2: this is amazing. It, it is amazing. 30 years ago, what happened? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that they can elevate, to a, a legacy
1: character like Miles to the, the big screen and prove that you can do that. Everyone always says, oh, you
2: can't do a movie about this character because you have to explain Peter Parker. You got to explain Barry Allen. You gotta- it's so funny that you say that, though, and then – you, you, you call him a legacy character and he's only been around for less than 15 years. I yeah, mean, I, I yeah. think 10 or 11 actually. So, uh, you know, and, and only came in at the end of the, um, ultimate storyline, uh, that, you know, yeah. they brought him in. So, uh, you know, the fact that he has become for so many people, the Spider-Man is, is amazing to me when, I, and, and I'm one of those people, you know, it's, the gimmick not going to work out because even Ultimate Spider Man was Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Right, or, right, 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 right. You know, so they were they they proved me wrong. So kudos to them. Yeah, it just goes to show you that I don't know everything.
0: Join <laughs> <laughs> the club. <laughs> no, great,
2: it was a great choice, Chris. Uh, that's on my
0: honorable mention list. So, um,
4: yeah, I think we're up to list also.
0: Keith, we're up to your number one.
1: Um, I am. Um, I think it's the best ongoing comic book being published at this about moment. To get <laughs> yep. Sorry, Joe. Can't help it. Um, brought to us by Mark Wade and Dan Mora, Shazam. It is, I think, a perfect comic book. Um, the art is gorgeous. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. This guy, kind of like Dan Mora, is going to be a superstar. He kind of already is. Um, and Mark Wade's uh, writing is just—it's just fantastic. Not only is Dan Mora an amazing artist. But he's doing two books at once. He's doing yeah. Shazam and World's Finest and is never late. This guy's got an incredible work ethic. And his work
0: is amazing. It's like yeah. Jim Lee level it's, work, but he's on time. He's it's, awesome.
1: it's, it's, it's funny because I, I listened to a podcast with Mark Wade. He talks about the process was different with, with him on World's Finest as opposed to Shazam. On World's Finest, he writes the scripts like he typically does, kind of outlining and like directing, so to speak, what's going on. And World's Finest, I'm sorry, and Shazam is done more in the somewhat in the old Marvel style. Marvel where movie. Wade kind of tells him the plot, Mora directs it, draws it, and mm-hmm. Wade kind of comes in with the with the dialogue, more or less. Not exactly that way, but Dan's definitely more in charge of the storytelling than he is on World's Finest. And you can tell.
4: Mm-hmm. Definitely,
1: yeah, yeah I've, It's I've a fun picked, book, it's great. I'm talking dinosaur
4: in it, the drinks take. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah,
0: looked, I'm looking forward to that coming out in trade so I can read it because I've heard oh, nothing but great things from, from And
1: some, Something you can do, you can't do it a lot of modern comics, you can give it to a kid, a kid and an adult. Uh, enjoy good it.
0: point, Keith. Good yeah. point. Oh, I can't wait to read it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, I, except for Nothing But Good Things. I think I think the they should be collecting it soon, because I think issue six comes out this week, right? Or came yeah. out this yeah. week. Yeah, So that should yep. be... Uh, I think that's enough for the collection. It's probably the first volume, so... We'll yeah, it's it.
1: the last issue of the story, too, yeah.
0: Okay, so that'll I'll be in my future. <laughs> All right, uh, Adrian, we're up to you.
5: Okay. Um. Uh, like I said, no particular order, so let's go with... Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Wow. Dungeons oh, and Dragons that is, movie that came out this year.
2: That's amazing, that, okay.
5: <laughs> that was a lot of fun.
2: Okay. Again, I enjoyed that movie, I enjoyed fun,
5: it. Yeah. um, I, I I haven't seen as much new stuff this year as uh, I have in the past, but uh, that was another one of those very fun is movie-going Chris experiences. Brought, Chris Pine? Yes.
4: Fine, yes. Yeah. Oh, I got to see that. I mean, yeah, I'm going
5: to have heard a lot about this one. And that was one where, again, you know, it, kind of going back to our conversation about the MCU, the, the, like you could tell the people making this movie were allowed to do the thing they wanted to make. It wasn't committed to death. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Now I have not played Dungeons and Dragons myself, so I don't get all the in-jokes as much, but it was just a fun movie. And, um, and yeah, it was just, it, it was a good time. I, it, it kind of reminded me of when, uh, James, you and Keith Bethon and I went to see the previous Dungeons and Dragons movie oh, when we boy. were in college. And I have a vague memory of we had gone to a Star Trek convention out at Hofstra first and there was like nothing there and we were bored. So we went to a muck time and mm-hmm. walked around a muck time. And while we were in a muck time, the guy there was talking to somebody else about, oh, that Dungeons and Dragons movie looks terrible. And the three of us all looked at each other sheepishly because we were going that night and we went <laughs> and we had fun, but it was terrible. So yeah, this- was not wrong. This, yeah. <laughs> but this new one was what I think everyone was hoping that previously, on, previous one was going to be and it was not so this one was a lot of fun and very creative in the way they um in the way they implemented things but uh but yeah anyway that it was it was creative. like the, the little that i do know about actual D um I I thought that was cool the way they implemented it, you know, like they actually used spells as opposed to I'm going to conjure a weapon and then hit you with it. Right. Which is what a lot of people it, tend to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like they incorporated the spells where it like did weird things and like the the gravity thing or the flipping everything upside down and the and then the the, the big dragon was
2: mm-hmm. really funny.
5: <laughs> Was, I enjoyed that yeah, movie. I, enjoyed I, I
0: had a lot of fun. It was like I, I only—I mean, I, I got to be truth be told, it was on Paramount Plus, and I well, have that, and we were between Star Trek seasons, and I was like, okay, why? I'll give it a try. Why not? I like I like Chris Pine, and who doesn't? Um, I forget I forget who else was in it, but they were all very good as well, and uh, it, I had a good time with it. So, uh, so I'm I'm all for that pick. So <laughs> I, I mean, that's a, that was well remembered, Adrian, from this year. Okay. That, was, that was a good pick.
2: Good choice. Uh, let's see, we're still waiting for Key. So Arco. Uh... Okay. Well, I'm going to go back to something very positive. In fact, my most uh, positive movie experience this year happened in March. And uh, I know that James and I were talking about this film leading into it uh, when it was coming out. Really, really looking forward to it. A, the finale of the greatest um franchise to come out of nowhere over the last 10 years and that was john wick four oh. and uh I, I believe i spoke about john wick uh, last year uh during the show so uh oh. why not finish it off with my most positive movie experience john wick four keanu reeves uh, brings this uh character to life and i i i don't know how how he did it because the man Emotes stone at all times, but he did it, and and I guess that's just the way the character is supposed to be because it worked. Uh, the, the fact that you know he could kill people with just a pencil is you know in fact <laughs> in joke he does, <laughs> and uh, you know paperclip he could do that, and uh, and, and you know th- th- just. The, the characters in this film, Donnie Yen. Um, excuse me, I got to put on my glasses here. One of the scars guards doesn't matter who it is because the whole family is amazing, you know. Uh, and then, and then the guy who stole the movie, uh, at least half of it, was uh, Scott Atkins as Killer Harkin. James, I'm sorry, did you end up seeing uh, John Wick four? I've not seen it yet. I'm okay. up to three. I'm up okay. to three. i I'm Okay, I will yeah, see I, it at I, some point. Okay, soon. well, uh, it was truly the best way to send off this character uh it took penny and the kids even though they hadn't seen the other ones i don't, I don't care you have to be part of this you know and uh it was uh, it was worth every moment of it and uh for those who have not seen any of the john Wick films if you do like action if you do like martial arts if you do like a story with heart in it it has it has it all it has it all, but I mean, you, you kind of get blinded sometimes by the, uh, the effects and the martial arts and, and they seem to be very practical effects, James. I'm sure you'll agree that there's a lot of, uh, practical effects to these films, uh, they try to
0: make it as as real as possible for yeah. the unbelievable things he does they try yeah, to make it as absolutely as absolutely
2: i mean and the man's a superhero okay he, he's, he's captain america in a black suit and uh the fact that the the director is a former stuntman himself yeah, yeah. um you know chad Zelensky has really elevated this genre over the last 10 years came out of nowhere in 2014 the follow-up, I couldn't believe they actually did one, and it was—it blew me away and opened up this entire universe because that's what it was—an entire universe of of uh, John Wick to to the masses. So anybody who hasn't seen John Wick, go back to one, end up with four. I promise you, you'll love every second of it.
4: Alka, where are they streaming now? These first, the first three.
2: Well, that's a good question. Uh, when four came out, the first three were on uh, a Peacock. Uh, but yeah. they they bounce around, so you may be able to find them streaming right now. I I just don't know exactly okay. where it is, but right. uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Joe, honestly, I it, you know I, I don't want you to spend the money on them if you don't have to, but they are <laughs> worth the, they are worth the money. I mean, if it's a three four dollar rental, it's worth it. So okay. uh, definitely something to look into.
0: Yeah, they were on Peacock because that's where I saw them. Yeah, they had yeah. to like the um, you had to watch a few commercials in between the movie, <laughs> but I got to I got to see them on. I'm sure four will eventually, especially yeah. this year. Probably make it to Peacock or Amazon or something. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I, I listen to your podcasts, reviewing all of them, and that's how I started watching them. So, are you? You and Jason should get together for like a reunion show for uh
2: for Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, yeah, well, yeah. I know he won't, won't talk about Godzilla. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so. Oh, well, you guys got to complete
0: the complete the quadrilogy or whatever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that would be great. Thank you. I'll, I'll mention it to him.
0: Yeah, your reunion show periodically. Um, all right, Joe, your number one.
4: My number one. Okay, Adrian, I think you're going to like this. My number one is Superman and Lois season three.
5: I was thinking about putting that on my oh, list, but man. I was like, Joe's going to do He's that me. one.
4: <laughs> A very personal season that elevates the live action superhero drama to another level. Hard to believe it was on CW, but yes, it was there. But this put, this show puts everything else in the genre to absolute shame. That's my opinion, but I believe that to be true. And it does it with top-notch writing, acting, and directing. It respects the source material, but isn't afraid to open the world of Superman and Lois to new worlds. Without excessive violence and hand-wringing, it puts the principles to real life challenges, traumas, and triumphs. i said this before, and I think it bears repeating. This is not a superhero show. This is a family drama that happens to have a superhero in it. Um, this, th- th- this Superman and Lois could exist in the um, Christopher Nolan Batman universe, Dark Knight universe, I think. It's that realistic. And I've said this before, and I will say it again, because um, this is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. This is basically Friday Night Lights with a superhero. Huh. I, 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 I was not expecting the, the Lois Lane story, Adrian, as you know. Uh, if you've seen it, uh, but it was handled perfectly with, with, uh, respect with all the, with all the, uh, emotion and trauma that comes with that. And it was just, it was just amazing. Um, I know it's coming back for its fourth and final season. Unfortunately, and only gonna be 10 episodes, probably not dropping until late spring or maybe early summer of next year, but, um, what a great season of television. Um, I put this right up there with Daredevil season three. From one of my mm-hmm. favorite. Live yeah. yeah. That was
2: that was great. <laughs> yeah.
4: But this was a. Sue and Lois is amazing, and the two principals, Tyler Hoechlin, and Elizabeth Tollock, Is that the way you pronounce her name, Adrian? I think okay. Yeah, they're, oh, they're marvelous actors. They really are. Excellent. That's fantastic. Oh, they
5: show. they nail their characters. They're really they so good <laughs> at their characters. Yeah. yeah. And they and they write them so well. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry that. it's only gonna have one more season, yeah. but at least it's getting one more season. So
0: at least that. Yeah, I have to. I am way behind on that show, so I uh, I look I look forward to it.
5: Did you start it at all, or you I mean- started like
0: watched the first five <laughs> episodes, of, like the season one, and then I just haven't had a chance to go back to it. So, um, <laughs> um, well, we're almost at the uh, wrapping up at the end because uh, I think uh I think I gotta give my one, You're which uh, Joe yeah. took. Joe mm-hmm. um, <laughs> 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 took my one. Supercard hard season three. Um, so I guess I'll just give an alternate. Um. I am, it's still very early on, but I am hopeful. So I am going to say the return of David Tennant as Doctor Who. I like the first episode <laughs> and the second episode. Uh,
5: the second episode was creepy. I just watched
0: first, it sec- last night. <laughs> yeah, the second episode is creepy. Uh, David Tennant is back as the Doctor, which is not to say that I didn't like the previous Doctors. I. This might not be a popular opinion, but uh, the Jodie Whittaker error did not bother me as much as other Doctor Who fans. <laughs> Uh, There was not everything. I didn't like everything about it, but I I didn't uh, dislike it like some other people disliked it. So me saying that Doctor Who or David Tennant is not a reflection on that doctor. Um, And uh, but David Tennant is I loved him as a doctor. He's like my second favorite doctor. (laughs) Peter Capaldi is my favorite doctor. And uh, I mean, David Tennant has such a joy to him. I always love watching him act. You know, he was great in Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. He's He's great as the voice of Uncle Scrooge in DuckTales. He's he's great in Ahsoka as the voice of the robot from Clone Wars. I mean, I just love it. And David Tennant, like, he plays the Doctor as a guy who's happy to play the doctor oh good omens yes chris good omens he's fantastic. good omens
2: is great I, I i'm i'm uh, how would we never talked about that film uh, that, that series james i love that that series
0: yeah i haven't even watched
2: you <laughs> have to either. have
3: you back on anybody here who's interested in being on talk good omens let's do it yeah. yes i've
0: only seen season one i have to go watch the season two i haven't even gone yeah. oh behind. it's
3: it's lovely and heartbreaking and just yeah. Just great. And, and really, uh, I mean, David Tennant.
0: As, yeah, of course. So, is fantastic. so maybe this is my top one is David Tennant. It seems like it's a... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nothing wrong with that.
0: So, uh, but David Tennant being the doctor is he's having fun. He's bringing gravity back to the character. Uh, Russell T Davies is back. Uh, again, uh, you know, I like the Russell T Davies era. I love the Moffat era. Uh, so I'm just, so far, the first two specials for the 60th anniversary have been, been good. They've, I've really enjoyed them. And we'll see what happens as the rest of the. The next special goes, and as we get to the fifteenth Doctor, who I'm excited about as well, so we'll see what that where that brings us. So, um, do we have time for honorable
4: mentions? <laughs> we
0: got like five minutes because I got a, okay. yeah. So, so we can do a really quick honorable mention for everybody. So, um, uh, Chris, I'll start. Uh, one honorable mention. I think we have time for like one honorable mention, depending on how many
1: everyone's got. Yeah. Skip
3: mine. I already cheated with two when I said Last Ronan and and. Panthers Brewing, so skip me. Go straight to Keith.
1: All right, Keith. Um, I'm going to go with for my honorable mention, Frazier on Paramount Plus. Yeah, Frazier. That's 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 I've a good one. The latest Keith. episode yet. Yeah, it's a re- I-, I think it's a really good show. It's fun. Kelsey Grammer. He's been playing that character for oh, well over thirty years, and uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. Love Cheers. Yes. Love Frazier.
0: Frazier. The new season of Frazier has been been really good. I recommend that as well. Um Atrium. Honorable mention or
5: um, let's see. So I already said that I am among the, the few that enjoyed the Marvels, but um, I'll instead say Blue Beetle. I it's like the one DC of the DC movies. I liked the first Shazam, and I liked Be- Blue Beetle. It it needed, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was. I was like, okay, DC, you're you're getting there with that one. <laughs> um, I didn't know the character. Oh,
2: are they
5: though? So, <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying in the long run, but I mean that I enjoyed that movie, um, and I know it happened this year. <laughs> yeah, so that's the hard. I, I I'm having a hard time remembering stuff that happened this year. Okay. So, uh, so I'm,
0: I'm I'm looking forward to actually watching that when I have a chance too. I mean, it's got to be better than Black Adam, also. So uh, I watch flesh. or the or the or the, you know so i'm looking forward to blue beetle
5: you know what i think in both those movies in both blue beetles and the marvels cases i enjoyed the characters so the plot didn't matter so much to me um and so people who focus more on the plot or they want to see a certain kind of plot um probably wouldn't like either but I, I just enjoy spending time with characters. So I, I have an easy time just kind of dismissing a bad plot. And as long as like the characters are fun to watch. So I was having fun getting to know the characters in Blue Beetle. I enjoyed the characters in the Marvels. And even like the, the reviews I've seen of both people have <laughs> said the characters and the actors playing the characters do a good job. And then usually the qualms are with the plot.
1: Have so. you ever read a Blue Beetle uh, with Jaime Reyes comic? No, <laughs> they're really good, and I, I think it's pretty dead on. I, I think he did a great okay. job as Jaime. Yeah, I
5: yeah. want to see them come back. So that I was a little discouraged at how, you know, it wasn't necessarily doing especially well. Though I hear it's doing very well on Max. Yeah. So, so that at least has some hope for seeing those. I hope they
1: come again. back. I, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Ted Cord. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah, yeah, that clip. <laughs> Let's see the yeah, guy I, who's playing I, him is the guy from. Um, uh, that uh, Apple show about the the sports show. Um,
5: well, I don't know if they actually cast him, or they're saying that would be their dream casting. Well, he
1: had a, a he had a picture on a um, like he was in a picture on like someone's uh, desk or something like that. Yeah, um, uh, who's that guy? Ted Lasso, the guy who plays Ted Lasso. Oh, Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Yeah, he he plays Ted. He's Ted Cord. There's like a, a picture in a frame, That's and then a, the after credit scene, you hear his voice. Oh, the, the,
2: the mustache god, yeah. <laughs> Jason <Yeah>. Ted Lasso. <laughs> I, don't know,
1: I, I love Ted Cord, so I'm, I'm all yeah. in for that. Um,
0: Arco,
2: yeah, real fast. Um, uh, I know people made fun of this ahead of time, and I know that I did too. But Chris Pratt as Mario and the Super Mario Brothers movie, it made 1.3 billion dollars i know that a lot of kids went to go see it but let's be honest you know the kids don't know mario like we know mario okay so the fact that that movie made so much money and actually worked it blows my mind okay uh, so this was definitely a good year for animated films uh i i, I obviously we knew that the spider-man one was going to be great but this one came out of nowhere and i would definitely put it as a uh, in the running for in the, my top three so Kudos. I will never
3: get tired of hearing Jack Black sing no, peaches. I, I, I agree.
2: I agree. And, and it shouldn't have worked. You know, Chris Pratt, you know, uh, to me, Mario, I mean, I, you know, you, you kind of hope. I mean, I could have done that, but uh, it really worked out very well. So the story was good. The animation was great. Uh, all the character actors were fantastic. So kudos to them.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Yes, I agree with that. I agree. Uh, Joe, honorable mention.
4: Real quick, uh, Batman, Superman, World's Finest. Keith mentioned it before, but uh, great book uh, by um, Wade and uh, and Maura. JSA by J- J- Jeff Johns. Green Lantern by Jeremy Adams. And a movie that I don't know if it came out in 2023, but I saw it in 2023, 2023 when Keith sent it to me, Last Night
2: in Soho. Oh, oh, what a freaking great movie. Love
4: them, I, we don't know if it's a thriller, if it's a horror movie. It's all those and more. And when you have Diana Rigg and Terrence stamp in the same movie you gotta watch it mm. what a fantastic film
1: what a soundtrack mm-hmm.
4: too oh the set well yeah it's the soundtrack of my youth so yeah <laughs> yeah great 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 film i highly recommend it
0: um i think all my honorable mentions are spoken of spider verse is spoken of world's finest was spoken of um yeah you? well you know what i'll give an honorable mention to an in-house thing that we did this year and i am uh Amazed in addition to Jeremy Adams that we got to speak to Larry Kenny, yeah. the voice of Lionel from the Thundercats this That's year. Right. That was an unbelievable episode. Um, I'm amazed that we got that he agreed to do the episode also. It was a lot of fun. And I'll also put an honorable mention because I think it was a lot of fun too. The Transformers, the movie episode that we did uh. as well. I'm still it's,
2: I'm still tripping over that one. <laughs> but it, uh, right? I mean that that was that was one of the more fun ones that we did. So yes, uh,
0: it's always a Jack. Jack will hold that holds that up as like one of our finest hours really and, on the podcast. Yeah, um,
2: I've I've never done drugs, but it felt like I was doing them when we were talking about that. Film, <laughs> that, that movie. So uh, oh, I so, uh,
1: I got one more. Um, it wasn't the first time, but I met Mark Wade again in September um my first two times I met him was very brief one time literally I stopped him in New York Comic-Con shook his hand second time there was a long line they switched me along this time I was able to actually talk to him for a while take a picture with him I think I told Joe this it was funny I wasn't nervous to meet him but I was so excited that I was like race speaking I had to like I had to tell him everything I thought at the moment about like all his stuff (laughs) Yeah. We and were I'm speaking totally in tongues.
4: How am Ed Norton. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh, that's fantastic, Keith. Um, all right, everyone. Well, we did it. This is our, uh, This is the end of the 2023 New Year's wrap up. I think uh, the whole show is, is basically a recommendation. Like, so I know the last few uh, months, we haven't really stopped and done recommendations at the end of the show. So here's a whole uh, hour and a half of them yeah. for you on for audiences uh but uh i thank my amazing panel and hosts for being here uh i could not have done this without any of you so uh, of course thank you joe
4: you're welcome james and to everyone in the new year peace and prosperity
0: thank you chris couldn't put it better myself joe thank you adrian
5: it was a lot of fun and happy holidays new year all the holidays
0: (laughs) yes whenever you're (laughs) listening to this happy happy something i
1: I don't know when people (laughs) listen to these podcasts Keith, thank you. And thank you for
2: including me again. And I'm
1: uh, looking forward to another year of podcasts. Yes.
0: <laughs> and thank you, Argo.
2: Uh, thank <laughs> you, James and everybody uh, for letting me say say, my, say what I want to say all the time here. I really do appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Happy, have a happy new year to everybody.
0: Yes. And uh, listening audience, if you have uh, thoughts, comments about the things we've talked about said today, you, know, you can go to the Facebook group and put them there. Um, if you want to reach us via email, secretoriginsmc at gmail.com. And uh, if you have time, we always appreciate a, a like, a following, a rating that would really help us get our podcast out to the rest of the pop culture community. So, uh, we thank you for listening and happy new year to you all.